Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Clement. Our show is brought to you by our good friends at Gainesway. From top international bloodlines to rising stars on American soil, Gainesway have put together a stallion roster that is not only primed for future success, but is currently making its mark on the track led by Cara Conti's rising star, Spenderella. Make sure to check out their entire roster for 2022 and see for yourself the power, passion, and performance of Gainesway. Fun show coming up today. Uh, I survived the Belmont Stakes, barely, about a week ago now when I'm recording this. If you saw me around race 13 on Belmont Stakes Day, I was probably struggling um, by the end of the day at that point. But what a spectacular day of racing. Um, There's really nothing like having a big crowd of people, New York, New York playing. You're walking out with the field towards the racetrack for the final jewel of the Triple Crown. Just really An amazing scene and and so great to see so many people enjoying a big day of racing um, at beautiful Belmont Park. So just a reminder, even though the Triple Crown is in the rearview mirror, racing is far from over as we still have a lot coming up and we start to look forward to the summer races, Saratoga, just about a month away. I don't know about you, but... I'm really excited for that and looking forward to uh, everything that we may be seeing this summer. So hope you enjoy today's guest as we'll talk a little bit about the New York Bread program, a little bit about Bloodstock, Stallion rosters, all of that kind of good stuff. So uh, enjoy. And as always, thanks for listening in the ring. Very happy to welcome back to the podcast my friend Naja Thompson, Executive Director of New York Thoroughbred Breeders. Naja, happy to have you here uh, on the podcast again. You are only the second person to be a repeat guest, so congratulations for joining the Elite Club. Thank you, Acacia. It's an <laughs> honor and um, always enjoy the podcast within the ring and what you're doing to help promote the breeding side of the game and overall in our sport. I really appreciate that. Um, and Naja, before we kind of get into some of the new things coming up with the New York Thoroughbred Breeders, um, a couple weeks ago, we had the Big Apple Showcase uh, Day at Belmont Park. And those kinds of days, for me, are, are just some of the most fun days in racing where we really get a chance to see the state-bred programs, the local breeders highlighted. And um, it was just such an awesome day. You know, talk a little bit about what are some of the things that we saw and some of the things that we get to highlight on days like that. Definitely one of three showcase days that we have on the year during the Naira circuit. Um, our Belmont Spring Showcase Day on Memorial Day was, as you said, a great event. We saw terrific wins and performances by Ocala Dream and as well Make Mischief. Overall, the entire day was so great. And as you mentioned, the key to it is about highlighting the New York Bread program uh, on the Naira circuit. New York Bread restricted races are about 30% of the entire racing throughout the year. So it's nice to have these days in which our breeders and those who invest in the program on ownership and of course, New York trainers are able to be highlighted on those days to show how far we've come as a program and the progress that we're continuing to make. It seems New York bred uh, owners of New York breads, I should say, are so excited to have opportunities like that because as you said, there's a lot of restricted New York bred races in New York, but having the chance to run for a big purse and some stakes competition is really key, I I think, in encouraging people to have New York breds. Yes, we've got a terrific state bred stakes program and working with Naira, they've done a great job. Everybody from Frank Gabriel to CEO Dave O'Rourke has been supportive of the program. And as you mentioned, our showcase days are about promoting the stakes level horses on the New York bred 
you know, restricted company that can also go on to compete in open bread company. And we want to work as our program using it as a feeder to work in the open bread stakes and open company overall. And the next showcase day we'll have will be in Saratoga, correct? Yes, it'll be August 27th in Saratoga, Travers Eve on the Friday. It'll mm -hmm. be a terrific day. So I want everybody to come out and of course, wait till the card and get to experience a great day. And, and from my experience too, that day is almost, you know, Travers weekend, of course, is crazy, especially when you have friends or family saying, I want to come Travers weekend. You're like, oh no, it's going to be so busy. Uh, in our household, the Friday before Travers with New York Showcase Day is actually more busy because I remember, I, I think uh, my husband, father-in-law, Christoph and Miguel last year ran like nine on Friday, the day before Travers with all the New York bread. So for, for people based in New York, it's a huge, huge day and opportunity. Yeah, you could have said it better, Acacia, and the Clement family, always appreciative of your support <laughs> on the New York Bread program. And, you know, with horses like Therapist, City Man, yeah. and going back to earlier, it's just been a terrific, you know, supporting, contributing factor to our program and other trainers in New York as well. Now, there's a new bonus out um, for New a New York sired bonus in order to enhance the purses um, at Naira Tracks. So tell us a little bit about that and, and what people can expect. Yes, it's the Naira New York Sired Bonus Program that we've instituted in partnership with Naira and NYTHA. And what that is, is a $5,000 bonus check that will be awarded to winners who have horses that are sired by New York Stallions. And of course, our New York Reds who win in any open company races, uh, besides stakes races, and as well in state bred restricted made in special weight, allowance and allowance optional claiming races, provided they don't run for a claiming tag. So the thought here is just about continuing to support our overall industry. It's tied to some mere residency rules, program changes we made in 2021, which made it easier to purchase a mare and foal at auction. If you purchased a mare and foal for 50,000 or more, you're not required to breed back to New York Stallion. So it's always keeping that delicate balance of how we can continue to grow our program and help the New York Stallion farms as well, encourage other wild breeding and you know, New York race that can compete in any level across you know, any spectrum of races on the Naira circuit and over the country overall. And it, it's, as you mentioned, of course, New York breads are terrific, but having horses particularly sired by those New York stallions, I think that is something um, to continue to highlight too in, in the strength of the stallions here in the state of New York. Yeah, and we've seen some great stallions throw many running progeny, including Central Banker, Freud, Buston Zones. So the quality is here in New York and the bonus program is about highlighting that to encourage people at the sales to invest in the New York Stallion, which for a fraction of the cost, you can come up with just a good racehorse and be competitive on all levels. What's been the reaction, I would imagine positive from, from owners and horsemen in the state. It seems that the New York Thoroughbred Breeders Organization has done a really good job in making sure to highlight those people that make racing possible. Yeah, we've received all positive feedback. We were able to institute this program retroactively dating back to November of 2021. And there's already been 43 owners identified that will start receiving their $5,000 checks. So $215,000 overall. And it just encourages people, you know, as we mentioned, to continue to participate in the program on all levels, supporting New York Stallions, and as well getting involved in the program overall and being able to purchase a mirror at auction and being able to go to Kentucky and come up with a, 
like horrors such as uh, American Revolution mm -hmm. or Cross Border or something like it, Hot Brown, to continue to elevate the program. Now, when I had you on the show last year, Naja, we talked about some of the, the growth of the New York Red program and some of the, the goals and the exciting things coming up. And now that you've been in this role for a little bit longer, can you kind of reflect back on some of the things that you've made possible here in New York and, and just the overall strength of the program? You know, we've continued to try to elevate, promote New York Reds, especially at the sales and of course, when you have great people in the program, such as the McMahon family, mm -hmm. Seiko Stallions and Becky Thomas, and overall so many individuals that are influential, such as Chester and Mary Broman, who, you know, at, at the most recent you know, Ocala sale, sold the highest, sorry, the, the Phasic Tipton, Maryland sale, mm -hmm. sold the highest rated selling juvenile in the, in the country at 3.55 million. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just an effort, work to our efforts and speaks to some of the promotions and advertising that we tried to ramp up in helping to expose the quality horses that are being pulled in New York. How important is that to continue promoting and continuing people to encourage to come breed and race in New York? Overall, it's about the full crop and we've mm -hmm. got to improve it as an industry and in New York, New York Dorbred breeders are trying to help do our part in showing the investment and the incentives and the awards that are being offered when you participate in the New York Bread program. So uh, that's definitely the number one mission for me is how can we continue to elevate our full crop and as well attract uh, good stallions to New York so we can continue to grow the game and our field size overall. Well, Naja, you and the whole team doing a terrific job with all the incentives there. I'm really excited about this new bonus here in New York. And uh, I've grown since I started working at Naira over the last couple of years to just absolutely adore New York breads, the opportunities for them. And um, I love the that we have so many New York bred races in New York. For me, they're fun to handicap, they're competitive, they're great quality too, and looking forward to all of the New York bred races to come, and of course, New York Showcase Day at Saratoga. Thank you, Acacia, appreciate the time. And we also have a New York bred racehorses of age sale coming up on nice. July 13th, ahead of the meet with Wanamakers. So anyone who's interested in getting a part of the program and being eligible for the awards, please visit nytbeauters.org to learn more. Awesome, Naja. Thank you so much as always, and I'll see you soon. Thank you, Acacia. Appreciate the time. Really happy to welcome in Sean Tugel, who has served in a number of different roles within the racing industry and has been a, a frequent participant on In The Money Media podcast uh, throughout uh, the In The Money umbrella, but uh, a new role now, Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners, Vice President of Bloodstock. So excited to have a chance to pick his brain a little bit. Sean, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, and as I mentioned first, I know you have a, a great relationship with the show, with, with JK and PTF. And um, so you're no stranger to podcasts as well. Uh, were you kind of roped into it as your friends or is, uh, is podcasting something you enjoyed? Or are we going to see you take on a, a podcast of your own one day? What's the scoop there? I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, just when I, having met JK and, and, Pete over over the years and and some fun dinners and and kind of doing some podcasts with them and then um, certainly the we took on kind of the baby talk with Gainsway last year and that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think I'd want to do it full time, but you know, uh, as somebody who really wants to promote the game as well, I, I think it's a great outlet. Uh, their whole network, you know, with with 
what they started with the players podcast and morphing into so many different avenues and, and what they do with the, uh, with the racetracks and, and, you know, the pick fours and pick fives that they do. And with, with all the tracks, I think it's just such an easy medium for, uh, for people to, to educate themselves and learn about what's going on in the game and, and the handicapping side of things. So, you know, it's sometimes it's a 10, 15 minute listen versus having to sit down and, and read a book for a couple of days. So uh, I, I, I think social media is just a, a great way, especially for our game, uh, to just try to get as many people involved as possible. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, I drive back and forth from Saratoga each week to Belmont. No, I'm not the only one that has long drives going to different racetracks or different farms, wherever it may be. So um, I've enjoyed getting the opportunity to kind of cover this side of the game with breeding and, and bloodstock. And as mentioned, you've recently um, joining Eclipse Thoroughbreds as VP of bloodstock. Tell me a little bit about the new role and some of the things that you're looking forward to. Uh, well, well, certainly just uh, being part of the Eclipse team is, is very exciting, both Aaron Weldon and, his, and the other uh, partner, Brian Spearman, um, are two just incredible guys that uh, certainly have built an outstanding uh, brand and, and company. Uh, the baby blue and black silks are, are synonymous with class and winning and, and uh, you know, just excited to, to jump on board and be able to be part of that, um, you know, right from the get-go could really understand their vision for Eclipse and for the partners and um you know just very grateful that uh, i get a chance to to jump on board with them and, and kelsey hughes and and uh see where where eclipse can go you know because i mean you look at their first 10 years of uh of the resume and it's it's pretty outstanding already yeah you see aloha west breeders cup sprint winner last year represented by ness second in the belmont stakes this year with horses like that already in training um, how, how special is that to be joining a brand that as you said already is so well known and, and respected within the industry i mean it's just uh it's it's an amazing opportunity hopefully and um you know it's i think as a kid, you always kind of get the blood horse and, and you see the big, big results. And, and, um, you know, when you get an opportunity to be around those, those high level horses, there's, there's nothing better. Um, especially when, when you get one that, that comes down the lane and gets to win the big race, that's, that's even more special. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, just being able to kind of walk in a little bit of the footsteps of the past and the history of the games, is pretty exciting. And, and to do that, you got to play to the highest levels and, and certainly that's that's their goal and, and their ambitions and it's, and it's an exciting prospect. And, you know, just being involved in the short time I've been involved already, um, I can understand why why the partners love it so much and, and why their brand is doing so well. Just the communication with the partners and just the experience that they give them. And, and really, it's, it's you know, it's not a real large uh, syndicate. Each horse is, is made up of, of a handful of, of partners um some do some with eclipse for a long amount of time and, and it, so it gives it a very um intimate feel to, to each horse i think too so it's a it's a really neat experience for for people wanting to get into the game and, and a experience at the highest level yeah, I, I think that's such an interesting concept too. And I've had a lot of individuals on this show who either started with a syndicate or or believe that syndicates are kind of the future of the game because we've seen so much growth in that area of, of groups of people coming together in order to be able to buy some horses at higher levels in particular. Um, Eclipse, certainly a, a huge example of that. What do you think that kind of syndicate model uh, leaves as far as it's importance on the game right now. Well, you know, it, it's not uh, a cheap experience mm -hmm. to, to have a horse in training. Um, 
So I think a lot of times people can get overburdened just by the, the magnitude of, of bills and just, you know, what it takes from point A to point B that, you know, if you buy a yearling, um, you're looking at maybe a year or more until you get the horse to the track. And that doesn't even mean that you're going to start earning paychecks. So um, I think it's a great way for people who don't want to take on the full investment, but, but can play, play the game, you know, with partners mm-hmm. um, and just to spread the risk. And then, you know, we've seen it with other groups where, um, you know, specifically like, a, like a my race horse that does a micro share. And then you have to see where they've done the edge race and where they spawned off you know, different people and, and same thing with Eclipse. Um, you know, there's there's a core group of, of partners that, you know, have been with them a long time and they might've gotten in at the very lowest level, but now they've kind of expanded and now they're being involved in, in the wheeling yearling pin hooking or they're being involved in some mare ownership or there's some breeding. So um, I think the syndicate is a great way to learn. You learn through the experience. Um, you know, we can sit and, and, and have dinner and, and tell every new owner in the game, this is how it's supposed to go. But mm-hmm. um, until you really go through the whole process um, and see the ups, downs, the highs and the lows, um, and experience it, you, you don't fully get it. So you really have to learn it by, by, by doing it. So I think certainly with the syndicate model and the partnerships, it's a great way to, to get new people in the game and learn the game without being overwhelmed by the game as well because it's there's a lot going on i mean there's racing almost every single day and you know as far as blood stocking you're always out looking for the next opportunity so i think once people realize just how much is going on day to day um and then they can spawn off to that if they want to or whatever level they're comfortable with yeah i think maybe learning about what what people do as far as bloodstock is concerned is sometimes the most surprising thing for people that are new into horse racing. It kind of seems, oh, a couple times a year you go to a sale and buy some horses, but obviously there's so, so much more that goes into that. Um, as you've kind of grown and, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the previous farms that you've been associated with as well. What are some of the things that maybe you've kind of kept close to your chest or maybe learned the most when it comes to dealing with bloodstock and looking out for that next best prospect? Um, I mean, I, I certainly, I think the one thing that jumps to mind and it's not keeping it close to the best. Um, mm-hmm. and luckily I've been able to work with some, some of the best, of the best, uh, in, in all avenues of, of the game. So I've, I've, there's certain little tidbits that I've taken from, from a couple different, uh, people that uh, I, I definitely use when, when looking at horses or something, but I, I do think uh, it's, it's that it factor. Uh, you know, when you, when you see that horse uh, and do not even have to win necessarily, but you, but you see a horse that looks like it has potential or has that little bit of a brilliance to it. Um, and just being able to recognize that. I do think there's certain horses that when they're on the end of the shank, um, you know, they have a certain presence to them. They just have that it factor. And certainly I think that's something that, when, when anybody's bloodstocking and some people probably have, everybody has their own little bit of what they like in a horse. And I think that's what makes the game great is we all, mm-hmm. we could, 10 of us could sit, sit there and look at one single horse and have 10 different opinions of it. Um, so, but, but I, what I've always thought and what I've said is, is the immeasurables or what you had is that heart and that desire um, that, that a horse needs to have. And, and I do, and I, I think intelligence goes a long way. That's, that's a big um, thing that over time, just that class and that intelligence that, you know, the, the best courses have. When uh, it was announced you were joining Eclipse, as I was reading the press release, Aaron Wellman spoke about 
eclipse growing domestically and abroad in Europe and particularly in Australia as well. Tell me a little bit about that global mindset that the company does have and some things that you'll be doing on that front. Yeah. And, um, you know, certainly we're based in America, but, uh, you know, just this past week we had uh, Manhattan Jungle ran in, in the Queen Mary, which they were, the Eclipse was lucky enough to win uh, the year previous and had run over there as well with, with Sharing, who won the British Cup Juvenile uh, Turf. So, um, you know, it's part of the experience that, that Eclipse wants to bring to their partnership. And, um, with the, with the growth of Royal Ascot and, and racing abroad, um, some of our, our partners have really embraced that and really enjoyed it. Um, you know, this past week, 10 or so of them, or the partners got to travel around Newmarket and go to the races. And it's just part of the experience. And, and you put the chair on top, your horse gets to run in a, in a major race. So, um, you know, uh, the, the equine world, the equine thoroughbred industry is a global uh, industry more so now than ever. And um, so I just think if, if, if you really want to try to find the best horse, you got to be looking all over the world. Mm -hmm. And um, so certainly Europe is, is, is one form and just look at the prize money and, and the way that horse racing has taken off in Australia, not that it has ever been slow, but it's like, you know, it, it, it goes back to the way probably horse racing baseball were here back in the 1920s and 30s, where it is you know, everybody in the country pays attention to it and just has a great fever for it. And um, so that's certainly uh, one just got to keep keep always looking for the next uh, great horse and, and the next way to expand the clips into what our partnership wants and, and that amazing experience, no matter where it is in the world. Now you come off of being the director of stallion sales and recruitment at Gainesway Farm and had a lot of success in that role as well. And as you mentioned, you've worked for some some huge names in the industry as far as the farms are concerned. Um, reflect back a little bit on your time at Gainesway and, and some of the things that you did while there. Yeah, well, certainly. Uh, I mean, Gainesway is a pretty amazing place. You walk onto the property and and uh, you just kind of go back in time and and mm -hmm. you can the stories you get to, you get to hear and tell and, you know, the, the CV Whitney cabin that, you know, John, the Glenn Sakura had called me up when I had first started there and, and told me a story about when he was a little kid uh, and his dad, they were down visiting Gainesway and, and Mr. Gaines had him over to the cabin and, and threw, and, and threw them this idea called the breeder's cup. And so he, he remembers it as a little kid having Mr. Gaines try to sell his dad uh, the idea of the breeder's cup. So it's just, mm -hmm. It's amazing. And, and, you know, they stood up to 52 stallions there at one time. Um, and it really was the, like the original stallion station where they stood a lot of stallions. And um, so just the amount of people that would come through and tell stories about the stallions they took care of there, this or that. And, you know, uh, Charlie Bowen always, always told a story about, um, I, I think the horse's name was Circle Home and he wasn't the nicest horse. And so he, Charlie was the swing groom. And on uh, Tuesday nights, he could never sleep because Wednesday morning, he had to take care of this one stallion. And uh, so it's, it's pretty funny, those, those stories. And, and these, I mean, literally, they stand outside a stall and, and, um, and tell stories about the horses that were in there. So, mm. you know, that's what they, you know, they you always hear stories that the stalls have, have, have stories. So um, you hear that. But then, I mean, just to be able to um, manage and, and, you know, Tappet's career for a couple of years with with his mm -hmm. book was was an amazing experience. Um, just look at the magnitude of the impact he's had on 
the stallion ranks and, and the breed, you know, you're going to see his sons between flight line and essential quality and constitution and, you know, go down the line of, of the young sons that he's just now putting in the barn. And then even at a fairly young age for broodmare sire, and you look at the magnitude that he's already having and the impact there on, on the bottom side of, of pedigree. So, I mean, it's going to be incredible. Um, you know, I, I think, you, you know, Fabiano broke off from, from the Mr. P line. I, I, you know, you probably tap it is that kind of influence that's going to be a new sire line that kind of breaks off from the flu line. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I think he's well on his way to, to forging that. And um, he's already the all time leading uh, earner by progeny for, for all time for stallions. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, you see the mares, Midnight Sioux and Late, the Dam of Central Quality, the Dam of Accelerate, just go down the line of the mares that came through to breed to him this year. And um, just, that's why why I got in the game, and, and I think people, you know, that get into the game and stick around as for a career, it's not really work. You just get to show up and, and do some really cool things, and, and and you know, obviously it is long hours and hard work, but but the rewards are uh, are pretty special. Yeah, amen to that, and I'm glad you brought up Tapic because I wanted to ask just what it's like being around a horse like that, and you mentioned the legacy that he's left as a, as a sire and Brunner sire and just everything that he's done. And he's really just no. incredible in, in, um, in the fame and, and notoriety within this sport. But, but what is it like being around a horse like that? Because every time I visited stallion farms, it's like, you see some of the greats that you hear about and you read about and you just kind of, mm -hmm. they take your breath away almost. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tabit certainly, you know, he just, he's, he's, perfectly white so mm -hmm. so you know he 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 walks out of the white bar and here's this majestic horse that comes out and just steals the show so you know it's that it factor again that we kind of talk about it and he knows it too mm -hmm. so uh he comes out and he'll give you about five ten minutes but after that he <laughs> says i'm done so <laughs> you're on his time sometimes but uh it's just it's it's really cool you know and um it's you know you you kind of if you're in the shed row and you want to see, you know, lucky enough to, to be able to see uh, a good horse at a young age, I'll never forget the day I was, I was at Churchill to go see a horse called Creator. Uh, he was an unraced two-year-old that was, had just uh, been sent to Steve Asmussen's barn for, for Windstar. This was when I was the assistant race manager and uh, director of Bloodstock there. And, and I was standing in, in the shed row with Steve and, and he pointed out this little chestnut horse. He goes, that's the son of Candy Ride. And he's pretty darn fast. He said, I'm really excited for this horse. I said, oh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I had kind of over that summertime was going up, you know, about once a week or so to watch horses breathe and kind of stay in touch. And and uh, and about early September, that that chestnut candy ride colt aired first time out. I made sure to bet it and ended up being Gunrunner. So um, it's kind of cool when you're when you get to know these horses before they become the big stars, too. So um, it's uh, anytime you're around any time of those you know, just elite, elite horses. Um, they just separate themselves. Um, the experience with Windstar, you also were assistant broodmare manager with Hillendale Farm. And of course the time at Gainesway from, from that knowledge with managing stallions on the broodmare side and to now doing what you're doing with Eclipse. How do you think that all of those experiences on the other breeding side um, come into what you'll be doing now with this new role? 
Yeah, well, you know, Eclipse has, has a growing broodmare band, and, and they like to do uh, some pin hooking. And I think it's always great to have knowledge, you know, of from the time the foal hits the ground to the time that it um, has to has to go on and, and be a racehorse. And and I've been lucky enough and wanted to learn every aspect. Um, you know, if, the great thing about our industry is if you want to do it, there's usually an avenue to to get your foot in somewhere at any at any stage with with these horses and um you know i loved full and mares there at, at hill and dale and probably pulled over a thousand mares very first night I, I worked in kentucky silver bull day with the mare that i got to pull out and wow. got to pull mares like a sari and and um you know madcap escapade and and so uh just some unbelievable mares that i got to, to be around uh while while hill and dale and, and you watch these foals grow and change so much and overcome things um, and then was lucky enough while I was at Windstar, so you got to work in the training barn and be around horses like Shackleford and Little Mike and uh, Princess Seelmar was there and Honor Code and just, you know, the, the horses that, that came through there and, and got to see what horses overcome, um, you know, horses that show up with injuries and, and, and the time and the patience you have to give them. Like, for example, Little Mike, who spent, I don't know, six, eight months with us mm -hmm. and just a long time to come back and they reeled off four grade ones over the summertime after he left us. And that was fun to watch and see him culminate in the Breeders' Cup. Um, and then while there was also got to, to be involved with breaking horses and, and that was pretty neat. And um, got to see, you know, a horse like American Patriot, who like the second day we put a saddle on, decided he was going to buck and kick and throw a stifle out. <sighs> and um, so, you know, million dollar horse uh, decided to, get, to injure himself the second day, putting a saddle on. And then you wait, uh, two, three years down the road and he becomes a grade one winner in the Maker's Mark Mile. So, um, you know, you just got to go through and, and see all those different things that, that horses have to overcome. And again, the good ones overcome it. Uh, mm -hmm. The ones that don't want to be a racehorse don't overcome it. And that's, that's what really, you know, you got to play through your pain. As you're, you're starting with Eclipse now, and I understand you'll be based in Kentucky. What are some of the things that you hope to bring to the company and kind of new goals with this next venture for you? Um, you know, talking to Aaron and, and Brian and, and, you know, I just want to be able to carry on, on their vision of, of expanding Eclipse and, and making it the best racing partnership, uh, in America and, and globally if, if possible. Um, I think, you know, at right now we're, we're at a little over 25%, uh, win ratio over 50% in the money. Um, and that takes a lot of dedication, a lot of communication um it takes a lot of hard work at the sales making sure you find the right horses so um certainly i, I hope to help them maintain and, and even exceed uh where they're at now and and you know like i said to to aaron and it kind of sounds cliche but but you know if we come up short of getting the eclipse owners award then, then we haven't accomplished the uh the full goal each year so you know striving to get those those grade one wins um and really bring that to the partnership and, and grow the partnership and grow the ownership in our industry. I, I think Aaron and Brian both have a vision that uh, not only do they want Eclipse to do really well, but they want the industry to do well. And mm -hmm. so they're, they're here to support the industry and, uh, and that's what we wanna to bring to our partners. And this industry has given both of us and, and I'm sure a lot of people listening and following horse racing, the sport has given us so, so much. And it really is, um, 
I think important to all of us in being able to promote the game and continuing to do things. And that's really what it is at the end of the day too, right? Is finding new ways to grow the sport that we love. That's the basis of it all. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's not the goal every day, then, then, you know, it's just going to shrivel up and, and that's not what we want. And, um, you know, it's just an amazing game and it's an amazing, you know, you could go to Monmouth on a Thursday afternoon. It's a beautiful Thursday afternoon with a bunch of friends and have some fun, or you could, get really dressed up and go to the Derby. Um, you know, there's something for everyone and you get to gamble a little bit, you get to have some fun. Uh, I think the night racing that Churchill has done has done a great job of kind of, you know, just changing things up and, and bringing, you know, the bands that we see and, and just the events that are kind of, you know, circulating that are making racing and entertainment all one together. Because uh, cause we are an inter entertainment industry. So yeah, I, I think every day is is, you know, try to find somebody new to get in the game, whether it's the guy you meet at the coffee shop or, or wherever. Um, it's pretty easy to talk about horses. So. That it is. Well, Sean, I really appreciate the time. Wishing you the best of luck with the new role and hope to see you at the races sometime soon. Thanks for having me on and uh, look forward to it. That wraps up another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Clement. Thanks so much for listening. As always, big thanks to Naja Thompson and Sean Tugel for being the guest today. I loved hearing what Sean had to say about kind of those intangibles of a racehorse, the heart, the intelligence. Those are the things that you, you can't find any stats on, that you can't just see um, one click glance at a horse in a photo or even a workout, whatever it may be. You really need to kind of study that horse and see if you can spot those things early on. And those kinds of genuine horses are just, I think, the coolest to be around and um, give us some really amazing memories on the racetrack. So I really enjoyed getting the chance to pick his brain a little bit today and Look forward to having some uh, more fun conversations on the In the Ring show to come. As always, if you have any suggestions, things you're interested in, let me know on social media. Be sure to subscribe to the In the Money Media newsletter. Um, Jonathan Kinchin, Pete Hornetal have tons of content over there, as do all my colleagues with the under the In the Money Media umbrella and all the different types of podcasts. And as we talked about today, too, it's just all about growing the game that we love. And so I hope if you're listening and you're a fan of racing, maybe you're involved in some capacity and you have some ideas about how you would want to bring people into the game of horse racing for things that you might do to promote it. Get out and do that. We, we all need to play a part in it. And this is the sport that we love and that have, has given all of us so much. And hopefully we can all continue working uh, to make sure that it's there for many, many years to come and continues to grow and to flourish. So thanks as always for joining me on In the Ring. I'll see you next time.